be the guy that has to break up these rich conversations, but we're going to move on to session number two. The title of this second session is Finding God in Your Career, and Dave Eitmiller is going to be the speaker, and I love this guy. I've uh, known Dave for the last five years, I've really enjoyed uh, developing a friendship with Dave, and what I didn't realize about Dave until a couple years into our friendship is how impressive his business resume actually is, his leadership resume. And I didn't know it because it wasn't because I wasn't asking. He just never talked about it. But once I started realizing what his, his resume was, it's like, Dave, you got to be kidding me. He was the, the CEO of an international company that uh, he had 14,000 employees. It was, a, it was a printing company. And he just went on and on and on of his leadership experience. But again, he never talked about it. And he would say, no, 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 no. Uh, He'd, he'd always redirect it back to the heart of God and what God was doing in his life and what God was doing in the, in the hearts of the men that he was walking with. And so I just want you to know I have such a deep respect and you are in for a treat. So please help me welcome Dave Eitmiller. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Well, good morning, everybody. Good, that works. Okay. Milton, thank you. Gosh, that was, that was great. And I love, like, the early part of their, like, who you're becoming as a son is really what's going to drive where things go. And, guys, we, we, um, we had no coordination about what Milton and I were going to say, really. We met for lunch the other day, and that was about it. So I think it's really cool that what you shared, and I'm going to come back to um, the whole idea of who you are becoming as sons. Um, that's where my heart is. That's, that's where I want to take this today. But um, before we really get into it, hmm, I need to put this up here. This is a picture of my wife, Sue, and three of our grandkids. We have four. And I'm putting this up here for me, mostly, because the last time I was in this room, I was participating in her memorial service about four months ago. So she passed away. Great loss, great woman. Many of you were here. It was an awesome day celebrating her. But I put this up for me just to like, get that out there. But also, I think a lot of what I have to share today sort of revolves around my story and my journey over this last year. Um, and it's important for all of you to understand sort of how fresh it is and how real it is that in, and really in this great tragedy and loss, there's been a tremendous amount of God and hope and goodness and beauty and you guys who know me know that, that it's just been an amazing journey that is full of tragedy and full of goodness. So, so let's talk about being sons. And I imagine that some of you guys have come here thinking, well, we're going to get the old guys to come in and tell us how to run our business, and we're going to get all these tips, and tomorrow morning or Monday morning I can go to work, imply them, and we're off to the races. And I get it, like, I wanted that. Like, just give me those nuggets that are going to make it work because I just want life to work. And, of course, we all want life to work well. We want our families to grow well. We want our business to flourish. I mean, we were meant to live in a place where everything goes well. So I get that we want that to go well. But um, sort of a spoiler alert, I'm not going to give you that. I, I could give you 37 years of failures and successes and experience and stuff, um, but I'm not. And I'm not going to do that because it's actually not what you need. It really isn't. 
Um, some of that stuff will help and some of it won't. I tried it all, most of it. And it works. I mean, it works for a while. There's a lot of guys out there that are, that are successful, but they're living godless lives. So it works, but it only works for a while. And so I'm not going to tell you how to make your business work better. I'm going to focus more on what I think is a lot more important, and that is the idea that God is a lot more, is much more interested in who you're becoming than in what you're doing. Yeah? And like Milton said, like we've probably maybe heard that, but guys, just take, it's true, take it in. He's a lot more focused on who you are becoming than on what you're doing. And so, um, you know, I, I, I want you to sit on that because if we're really honest, and if I, you know, if I was honest through most of my career, I, I sort of knew that, but I, I really just wanted things to go well for my plan. You know, I really just wanted God to bless my career, bless my business, bless my life, really make my plan go better. And, uh, and really, it's, I just wanted it to be safe. It just seems like that's a safer way for life to work. Like, just bless me, let my, keep, keep my hands on things, let me just run things the way I want to, you bless it, and it just seems like everything would go better. It seems that way, but it's not true. I just want to say that there is a much bigger and much better story for each of you guys than that story, the story of trying to make God bless your business or bless your life. There's a much, much bigger story out there. And I can say that from a year that was very different than what I expected it to be. God wants us to become the people that he intended us to be when he thought, of us, thought, thought us up. And the reason he's interested in you becoming who you're really intended to be is because he knows what's ahead. He knows what's coming down the road. He knows what storms are going to happen. He knows what you are made to, to step into. And so allowing him to speak into your life and become the son that you're meant to be is so critical to him because he has a role for you to play and it's bigger than your business. It's bigger than your career, even though your business and career is part of it. So it's an epic story amidst tragedy and beauty. Um, and so I want to just share a little bit from my life over this last year. And as you can imagine, it's, it's not a year, 2019, the big year, not one that I expected to go the way it did. So how can you better surrender to God's fathering of you? How can you submit better to the process of becoming a son, even in the midst of things not going the way you planned? I want to share with you this morning some of what I learned over this last year of God walking into my life, allowing him to be a part of it in the midst of something that didn't go as planned. And the first one was to grieve the loss of life the way I expected it would be. Um, early this year, Sue and I um, had some health issues, both of us did, that just didn't seem like life was going to go the way we expected it would go. And I really felt like in the midst of that, we were, we were doing everything that godly people do. We were praying. We had people around us. We were seeking God. We were walking with God. But still, it just didn't seem like life was going to go the way we expected it to go. And your health is always something that it's out of your hands. And as much as we have great medicine here, it's just we don't have a clue a lot of times how our bodies work. So... 
we're left with that. And so I really felt like at a low point, God was really inviting me in to grieve the loss of the way my, I expected my life to go. And it wasn't something that I, I felt like I just sit on during one morning. It was just something that I felt God was inviting me in to sit in until he spoke into that place. And so I did. I sat in it for several days and waited for him to speak, and he did. I was, um, I was sitting on the side of a mountain in the Sawatch Range with some guys, and we were in a cabin, and I, it was evening, and I, I walked out, and I'm still in this place of just grieving the loss, like what, you know, life not going the way I expected to. I walked out to be outside alone and went under some trees, and I looked up, and there's this big ponderosa pine just stretching out over me with the stars up above, and God said, this is what you have become. And the thing about God speaking to you is it's never something you expect, right? It's always something that surprises you, like that, that spoke to me. Like this is what you've become, a tree planted by water that yields a fruit and seed. And just this, this big, huge pine tree. And I walked, I just, I walked over to touch it and just to like sit in that and receive it. And I noticed that it was two trees. And there was another tree and they were joined at the roots. And this is a picture of that tree. And I noticed it there and God said, and Jesus is with you together. You're joined at the root. You, you have become this tree. I mean, I think, guys, in hindsight, you can imagine how significant that became in the months that followed. This was in April. The months that followed when Sue, Sue was, uh, was passing away, it was just, it was critical. Two months later, I was, I was deep in the Sierras guiding a trip. And um, Sue and I were completely fine with it. We knew God was in it. I knew I should be there. But I, uh, I got the clients all settled in, and I walked over to get my shelter set up, and I was sitting by this lake, and I, was, I have a satellite device. So I was going to check in with Sue, tell her that everything's going well. So I go over there, send my, send my note. My, my satellite device is not all the time, so I don't get stuff regular. I just turn on at night, get, get the notes. I text in, say, I'm at this lake, looking good, love you. And this message comes through. The cancer has spread a lot. We need to make some decisions. Can you come home? Gosh, life changes like that. Your whole position of your heart is changed. And guys, what you do, what you bring to that moment is more about, is, is drawing a lot more, much more on who you're becoming and who you are as a man than it is on your bank account. In a moment like that, like, what, what do you call upon? What do you, it's, that's a real moment of, God, do you, do you real, are you really in this? Can I really trust you? So God continued to speak to me, actually, through these trees. I see double trees all the time. There's one right down the street from me, and every time I see it, I'm like, yep, we're good, God, we're together. And just, uh, just last month, I was... I was heading to one of my grandkids' events alone without Sue and just feeling the aloneness in there. And God invited me to look at this picture of the tree again, which is in my journal. And I looked at it, and I noticed for the first time that one tree is bigger than the other. And God said, I'm bigger. 
I'm bigger than you. Of course, I know that, right? We, we know these things, but when God speaks it, into, it's just like comes to your soul like, yes, I'm bigger. You can lean on me. So grieving the loss of life going the way I expected to go is what opened my mind, my heart, my whole soul to receive something that was different. That's not something I would have chosen, but it was something that was much bigger and much, much more God's story. So the second thing, following on that, though, is to submit to God's initiation of you. Um, about a year ago, I was backpacking with a couple of buddies in the Wind River Range. We were on like a six-day off-trail track that we do pretty much every year in a different place. And um, one of my friends, um, a couple days into it, says, hey, guys, like, what's your, what's your frontier these days? And, and the question was, we all knew what it was. Like, what is the uncomfortable, scary thing that God's inviting you into that only goes well unless he's with you? And I was pissed. <laughs> like, really? Are we going to get into this now? And, and Yeah, so I, I was just, I let them go. They spoke and they shared some great stuff, and I was honored to be a part of it. It was honest, it was sincere, it was good stuff. And at the end of the day, they said, so Dave, we haven't heard from you yet. And I said, yeah, too tired, too tired, tomorrow. And like good friends always do, they don't forget. And uh, the question came up again halfway through the next day. Dave, what's, what's your frontier? And my hesitation wasn't, wasn't about the question. I loved the question. My hesitation was that I knew. I knew that me sharing with these guys what my frontier was, was going to be, have to be vulnerable. It was something I, it was scary. So I said, okay, here it is. I said, my frontier is Sue. Loving her better. We'd been married for 36 years. Like, these guys are younger than me. Like, I should have had it all together. Like, to share with these guys that my frontier was to love Sue better, I, it felt very, very vulnerable. But I knew that if I didn't share it with these guys, who else would I share it with? Who else, who else would step into this topic with me but these guys? And so I did. And they were great. Um, the, choice, the choice to share that and to step into something that was painful was my act of submission to God's initiating me and calling me into something that I needed to do. There were conversations that Sue and I had to have. There were, there were things that I needed to do that, you know, if you've been married for 36 years, you just sort of figure out, like, I run here, you run here, we're on the same ship, we're going in the same direction, but there's just stuff that it's just best not to talk about, best not to do. And I knew we were missing out, so... Uh, that's, that's why I felt the need to step into it. But there's places that they're vulnerable. And either this is going to go well or it's not going to go well was sort of my view. But somebody had pointed out to me that that's always the enemy. Like God's way, there's always a third way. There's always another way. And just concluding that if this conversation with Sue is only going to go this way or that way is just nonsense. So I shared that stuff and it was a great conversation. Those guys are awesome. So a question that you'll have, and I... I'd encourage you to ask. I've asked it of guys before. What's your frontier? What's the big, unknown, scary thing that God's inviting you into these days that's only going to go well if he's in it? 
Are you willing to step into that? So the second thing is to take seriously the things God then says to you as you step into that initiation, the things he whispers to you. So we are going along in our hike. We're still in the Wind River Range. And God starts to speak to me about how I can better love Sue. And he gives me two things, among others, but two, two big ones. One was I should buy a ticket to New, Jer- to New Jersey to go with her to visit her dad. Over the last several years since her mom passed away, um, she was going out to New Jersey to visit her dad a couple times a year. New Jersey has some great people. <laughs> They do, like, you know, John Egan's from New Jersey. (laughs) And I have family there, but it's, okay, there's New Jersey folks out here. But, you know, it's not my kind of place. And um, so over the years, I've just sort of figured out that staying home and not going to New Jersey just works better for me. It just works better. And Sue, so gracious, merciful, she understood. She was good with it. But I I knew out there in the wilderness, I knew that if I would just book a ticket and go with her, she'd already planned to go a month later. It would just communicate so much love and support to her. So I said, okay, book a ticket to New Jersey when I get back. And it was was awesome. It It became very significant. The second thing that he asked me to do on this trip to love her better was um, had to do with her 60th birthday. It was coming up. And, uh, uh, you know, I traveled a lot in my career. I don't like traveling on planes. I don't like booking hotels. I'd just rather stay home. So the thought about her 60th birthday was, well, just invite her friends over, have a go out to a nice meal, retire to the bedroom. It's just, it just seems so lame. <clears throat> but the invitation and the thing that God laid on my heart was to take her to Maine, to the to Acadia National Park for the fall colors. She loves the ocean. She loves the fall colors. Book the flights. Book the B&B. Get the rental car. Spend a week together on an adventure. So I did. When I got back, that's what I did. I set it all up. It was a surprise. It was awesome. It was an incredible week. Um, she loved it. We totally loved it. And this is a picture of her on the coast, in the oceans, in Acadia National Park. It was an incredible week. Hanging above our fireplace is a picture that we took from that week. And we've been looking for a picture above our fireplace for a long time. We just could never find the right one. This was it. This is what we found. And it speaks to me now so deeply. You can imagine... If I had not listened to God's whispering me those suggestions, I would feel so much differently today. But I'm so grateful that he said that. He, he, I stepped into it and then I, I said, yep, let's take the risk to do it. So this hangs above our, our fireplace now as a memory of that week that we spent together and my choice to listen to what God was whispering to me. final thing, and of course you get this from me, is to invest in the journey of friendships with other men. These are my four best buddies. This is um, on my sixth sixth decade launch party. (laughs) That's what I like to call it. (laughs) 
We, we, we decided to ski up a 13er and ski down, but the avalanche danger that day was like insanely, like the worst has been in decades. So we're really wild people, but we're also smart. And we, uh, so we decided to just go up a local mountain, pack a lunch, bring our stoves, make some coffee, sit up there. I think we might have had a little whiskey too, I'm not sure. Um, but um, I guess what I want to say about this group of guys and about the guys that you look for for friendship and allies really is, is that none of these friendships are by chance. Um, they're, not, they're not casual opportunities, just happen to come along the road. It's not even because we all love the out of doors. Um, it's because each of us has made a choice to invest in the journey of relationship with each other. It's a, it's a, a friendship with another man takes investment. It costs. It requires you to adjust your schedule. And um, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. So, I love this I love this uh, quote, or this um, version. Are you burned out, tired? Come with me and you'll recover your life. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Guys, this is what living as a son looks like. And I want to say to you, in the midst of a very difficult, traumatic, tragic year, this is available. I've lived it. I'm still living it more and more, but it's available. Whatever is going on in your work, whatever is going on in your career, whatever is going on with your business, this is available as a son. So, in closing, I just want to say this to you guys. Um, in closing, if, if this is all you did this year, these four things, if this is all you focused on for the next year or five years, I can, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that all the heaviness of your work and your career will not seem as heavy as, as it is today, a year from now. And I will also guarantee you that you will you will enter into the bigger story that God's telling in your life. And regardless of what comes down the road, it will take your breath away. It's worth it. So I think there's some questions on the table also related to what I said here. So step into that. And uh, may God be with you in your journey. <laughs>